I see the whites of your eyes because we're, we're wearing masks. And, uh, but it's really good to uh, know there's so many are watching live stream. We have our overflow. We also have in the very back the speaker system uh, that is going that some are listening on the speaker system. And we're just doing everything that we can to minister the Word of God and to allow the Word to really manifest in a very unique way. We are in a unique time in the United States of America and the world. And I began a series, it's a two-week series, I'll conclude it today, uh, and I called it, This is the Beginning and Not the End, so be comforted. And last week, I wanted to speak to you, and basically last week, my main goal was to comfort you. But how we comforted you was this. We connected biblical prophecy with the times we are living in. God knows what's going on. God is in control. And we have to rest in that because <clears throat> with all that's going on, uh, many people have become depressed. Many people are afraid. We answered uh, a question last week that people were asking me, Pastor, are we in tribulational times? And the answer that we gave was absolutely not. We are in one of the greatest times that the church will ever experience. So let's begin to unfold that again. And then I want to give you the uh, number two and number three points uh, in this series. But I have written three statements giving you prophetic insight of, the, of these days. We covered one last week. This is not the end, so be comforted. We finished with a scripture in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. What a joy that is. So many adults are so concerned about the young people. But in the end times, in the last days, God has planned it for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to just overwhelm our young people and our children. And so what we're going to do at Valley, as we continue to grow and continue to do the things that we do, we are going to reimagine everything that we do. Nothing is sacred except word, prayer, and you know the sacred things that, uh, that we have. But nothing else is sacred, that it can change. And the reason why we're going to change is because we want to see our young men, our young women prophesy. We want them to see vision and to move in such a realm that it, there's such an anointing on our young people that we as adults will stand in our church and we will watch them just absolutely explode in the kingdom of God. God also um, is concerned about our elderly. He said, your old men and, and your older women will dream dreams. 
And that there will be things that, that, that you will see, you will know. God will remind you of things in dreams so that you can share with, with those that are younger than you. And then all of, of those that are in the middle will just enjoy the fullness of everything. Because God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I wanna pray for you because today, I'm going to prophetically speak to you and show you exactly what's going on in today's day. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for those that are prophetically anointed that have spoken into the church. Lord, we receive it with gladness. We receive your word with gladness. Lord, we've already prayed for this word that it would have free course, that it would do exactly what it was sent to do. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, on live stream, my brothers and sisters. For those that are guests, in Jesus' name, just receive the love of the Lord today. And we give you honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, let's make this statement. Let's position ourselves in this season called, we found last week, the beginning of sorrows. Let's position ourselves. It is where the Holy Spirit pours out his spirit on all flesh. In the midst of unprecedented times, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of wonderful people trying to see righteousness, we must recognize prophecy, dreams, vision, and the prophetic word is absolutely a must for today. So let me prophesy to you in the teaching. The Bible says that we are to preach the kingdom and prosper in all that the kingdom provides. In Luke 21, verse 36, it speaks of the return of Christ, and it says, Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass in these times, and to stand before the Son of Man. In other words, to be counted worthy in Christ to stand before him. So regarding that this is not the end and regarding being comforted, some of you might ask, how in the world can I be comforted with everything that's going on right now? Because again, the God that we serve, who he is, is greater. And nothing, nothing is greater than the God that you serve and let me say it this way, is that God is in control. Even though you see chaos, God is in control. Why do I say that? God says, pray that you escape all the evils of the beginning of sorrows and walk in the truths of Acts chapter two. God already said, hey, this I will do. No matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're seeing, this I will do. So pray that you would escape that. Jesus wouldn't say you could escape if you couldn't escape. So recognize right now, even though 
maybe some of you, it's becoming overwhelming. And you're feeling like it's closing in on you. And, and what do I do? How do I act? How do I think? Some of you might have been asking, is the Bible really true? You don't have to go through judgment. It's not the end that you, the church, will face the judgment. So let's begin today and let's read out of uh, a book that maybe <laughs> we've never read it before. Amos chapter 3, verse 7 says this Surely the Lord God does nothing. Everyone say, does nothing. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. Notice again, God does nothing unless he reveals a secret to his servants, the prophets. Why? Because God doesn't want us in the dark. God doesn't want you in the dark. God doesn't want you sitting in your living room praying or trying to pray, trying to read the word of God, and it's just overwhelming because you're, you're experiencing, you're seeing all these things go on. You're, you're struggling financially right now. And, and God doesn't want you to sit there and say, what in the world is God doing? We must understand, watch this. First, there's Bible prophecy. And second, there are prophets of today. I'll say that again. First, there's Bible prophecy, and also, second, there are prophets. See, prophets are telling us what's happening. One prophet that I trust, and I trust quite a few, his name is Chuck Pierce. Chuck Pierce also is an author, and he's written many books. He's written Possessing Your Inheritance, Protecting Your Home from Spiritual Darkness, Time to Defeat the Devil, Spiritual Warfare, Worship Warrior. Worship Warrior is an excellent book. Interpreting the Times. The last 20 years, he has told us of world events. And as you study and, and what he has said, many of the things that he has proclaimed has literally come to pass exactly how he said it. In September of 2019, he had a word. He said nations would come in turmoil until the Passover. Now, we just went through the Passover. I talked about this purposely a few weeks ago, and that was April 8th through the 16th, the Passover of 2020. On January 26th, the same gentleman, he gave a word publicly, and he said there would be a massive plague like invasion that would test us through Passover. So in the Zoom conference, I was not on this, but I know who was. In the Zoom conference with Chuck Pierce, a question was asked, and the question was this, so the virus will end on Passover. And he said, no, that's not what I'm saying. It's not what God's saying. 
He said, on Easter or Passover week, there will be a transition that takes place. A season is going to end and a season is going to begin on Easter Passover 2020. Now let me remind you of Passover, what it is. It represents a story, remember, where Egypt had the 10 plagues. And the final plague was the death of the firstborn. So the biblical truth or story is every family had to take a lamb, they had to slaughter the lamb, and take the blood of the lamb and apply it to the doorpost and the mantle of the door. All right? So God said, when I see the blood, the death angel will pass over the home. No one will die in that home. So what does this mean to us? And on this conference, uh, the prophet Chuck explained. He said, it is time for God's people to remember the power of the blood and apply it to their lives and their homes. He's not talking about slaughtering a lamb. That's Old Testament. He's talking about being a person who understands that Jesus shed his blood. He is the lamb. And to pray over the doorpost, pray over uh, your home, and to, to not plead the blood, but apply or literally proclaim the blood, the victory of the blood of Jesus Christ over your home. So notice though, and this is very important, and this is what I am getting from the prophetic word. Notice though, in the scripture, every family had to do it individually. So it wasn't like, let's call Pastor Ryan or Pastor Dan and have them come pray over our home. What he's saying is that you are the anointed leaders of your home and you can apply the blood of Jesus Christ over your home. So what I did, I went to every entrance of my house and this church. And what I did is I proclaimed the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and the victory of the resurrection and the victory of that blood over my home and over this church. Why? Because I am the father of my home and I am the spiritual father of this house. And I will not allow the chaos of the world or the evil of the world and or the disease of this world to manifest itself in this house. Amen. Amen. So scripture says, but let me just say this to you. You oversee your home. So just because I have a title pastor doesn't mean I have greater power over my home or, or this church. You have the same anointing and the same ability to proclaim the blood of Jesus Christ over your home and over your family. 
So scripture says, by his shed blood, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. He defeated the power of the devil, and his blood brought eternal life. Now, the prophet Chuck also said, there would be a tremendous redistribution of wealth during this time. Now, to some of you, you'd say, oh, well, of course it happened. You know, everyone got a check. Most everyone got a check and, and all the different things that took place and, and to help the cities and all the... But let me just tell you what I prophetically think that uh, Chuck was talking about. When the children of Israel left Egypt, they left rich. When the children of Israel, the last plague, the death of the firstborn passed over and their whole family was alive, when they left Egypt, they left rich. There was a redistribution of wealth that was given to God's people. Now, watch this. Exodus, this is a story, 12. Exodus 12 says, and the Egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we shall all be dead if we don't do this. Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Notice it was given willingly. So that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. In this chaos, in this where your job has been postponed, in this place where maybe you're working half the hours now and trying to make ends meet, let me just tell you that if you will literally proclaim the power of the blood of Jesus Christ I want to tell you that you are going to plunder the enemy. And what it's going to do, God is going to take what Terry said, what was evil, meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. But now, remember your pastor, how I am. Then I looked at the fullness of the story. And what did, the, what did Israel do after they got rich, plundered Egypt, they went out into the desert and started complaining. And then they started complaining, and unfortunately, they misappropriated the funds and built a golden calf. Your prosperity in this season, this season that we're walking in where the Holy Spirit is anointing you, yes, there is the coronavirus, yes, you have all the different things that are going on, the chaos that's going on. But I want to tell you, your prosperity in this season is for the kingdom of God. So what we have to do, we have to realign our thinking. We have to realign the way we do things. We have to realign the way we do church. I am so excited about what God is doing in our world. And most of you are looking at me and say, haven't you been watching the news? 
And let me just tell you the answer to that. No, I have not. Because I'm not going to listen, in many cases, evil. Some people are trying to do what's right, and people are turning it around for evil. And it breaks my heart. So I don't watch it, and I don't listen to it. Your prosperity in this season is for the kingdom of God. Now, the wonderful end of the story is Israel, praise the Lord, they later used the gold to build the temple, and they got it right to worship the Lord. The temple represented honoring and worshiping God and allowing God to be number one in their life. Now, you may be suffering financially right now, but God is going to do a miracle in your life. But you individually have to proclaim the blood of Jesus Christ. It's your responsibility. I can't do that for you. I can do it for the house of God. I can do it for here, because I'm the spiritual father. But I can't do it for your home. I can pray with you. I can encourage you. I can teach you. But I'm just telling you, it's realigning our thought processes. Because in this world, there is tribulation, but be of good cheer. God has overcome the world. But you will not live as an overcomer unless you walk in the power of the blood of Jesus. So rise up, church. Believe in the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ for miracles in your life. Walk out your salvation. Now, again, you must do it individually. No one can do it for you. No fear. No depression. Declare you are the people of the blood of Jesus. Declare you are delivered from the plagues. I'm telling you, this is what God's heart is. I'm telling you, the answer to the next question, Pastor, what do I do? This is exactly what we need to do. And I'm listening not only to the prophets, but I'm listening to the Holy Spirit, and I'm listening to what the Word of God says. The next prophet that I want to talk to you about, that I trust. No man's perfect, but I trust. His name is Jim LaFoon. Jim LaFoon. A friend of mine was on the conference call with 20 other pastors all over the nation. Basically, the friend of mine was a spiritual father of mine. And he shared this. But I'm going to read to you some of what was said. And I normally don't do this, but what I am trying to do is to get your thoughts off of me and get your thoughts on what God is saying. I'm showing it to you, but God is really saying something particular to the church all around the world. And as pastor, I'm hearing him. And I am trying to share it with you, my brothers and sisters, my church family that I believe in hugely, and I'm excited what God's going to do for you. Now, remember, it's the same content. We're ending the season and entering a new season 
where God will do some amazing things. <clears throat> Here's the letter. By the following Friday, the Lord began to clarify the intervention he desired. This clarification began with the Holy Spirit reminding me of the story of Aaron being used by God to mitigate the terrible plague. This is described in number 16. I use the word mitigate, Jim says, because 14,700 people died before Aaron's bold act of worship and prayer was used by God to end the plague. On December 31st, 2018, at 10 p.m., that's what I love about Jim LaFoon, he just, he's so dialed in on just everything that he hears. While attending the New Year's Eve service, the Lord spoke to me about a great crisis that was coming to the United States. He showed me that it would come within 17 months. As I sat there praying, I saw the New York Stock Exchange and money markets begin to sink. As New York continues its slide, California was flipped up in the air, and the entire nation began to slide into economic chaos. People began to cry out about recession and depression. Just as the turmoil in my heart reached a crescendo, the hands of the Lord, watch this, the hands of the Lord reached out and caught our nation. I knew then that the United States was rapidly approaching a tipping point and the church was the answer. Now he writes about the intervention responding to COVID-19. This was written later on. We know that the severity of the plague mentioned in Exodus 32:25 was mitigated by Moses' intercession before it ever started. The plague of Numbers 25:9 was stopped through Phineas' intervention after 24,000 people had died. Why were all three men from the tribe of Levi? Hmm, catch that tribe of Levi. Obviously, Moses was Israel's leader, and the other two were priests. But I think there was a deeper reason. The consecration rituals and the purposes of the Levites are described in Numbers 8, 5 through 22, and verse 19 is germane to this discussion. In this verse, we find there was something in the lives and ministries of the Levites not just the priest that was directly related, related to keeping Israel free from the plagues. That was directly related to keeping Israel free from plagues. So what does this have to do with us? He now writes about Aaron in number 16. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, get away from the midst of this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces, and Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer, put fire on it from off the altar, lay incense on it, and carry it quickly to the congregation, and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord, the plague has begun. But notice, we don't, we don't receive the wrath of God, because we will be taken up. Remember last week. So Aaron took it, as Moses said, and ran into the midst of the assembly. And behold, the plague had already begun 
among the people. And he put on the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. Now those who died in the plague were 14,700, besides those who died in the affair of Korah. Remember that story. <clears throat> and Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tent of the meeting when the plague was stopped. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. What about us and the movements we represent? He's talking to church leaders. He says, I am convinced that if we will unite and rise up as one body across the United States, we can mitigate this plague and prepare the way for the move of God's spirit we all desire. This, however, will take more than a conversation. Could it be that God will use us to birth a movement of prayer that captures the heart of America's preachers and the people they lead? In an hour when the only buildings we have left to meet in are temples made with human hands, may the homes of the people we serve become houses of prayer. Next week, I will talk to you about us becoming a house of prayer. That on Sunday morning at 7 o'clock, that we will call in and we will be a house of prayer. We will pray, we will be together before we even come to church, and we will pray together for 10 minutes, and we will be a people that mitigate any of this stuff that is going on around this world. Amen. And there's other things we'll be talking to you about. And I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among the people, look what it says here, people of Israel, to do the service for the people of Israel at the tent of meeting and to make atonement for the people of Israel, that there may be no plague among the people of Israel when the people of Israel come near the sanctuary. The answer is everything. If the Old Testament priesthood and the Levites had the power to mitigate plagues, what about those God declares to be his holy priesthood. That's you and me. I will pray and bless my government. I will pray and bless our medical people. And there are many that are watching that don't come to church because they're concerned they're working with COVID, that they don't want to come to church and infect anybody if they are infected. And I talk to them and they're at home watching. God bless you for everything you do. They sacrifice and they work so hard. But we, the church, must rise up because our hope is in God. In Colossians, it says, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God doesn't want us to be in the dark. So church, if one man in the Old Testament could grab a censer and stop a plague, what can the body of Christ do right now? What can we do right now?
So may I say to you, rise up, royal priesthood. It's time our houses become houses of prayer and unite in prayer. And that only can happen if you do it. God is using his church. He's using his priests to be the answer in the midst of this demonic plague. You and I are the answer to this plague. Now, and this is so important, the Lord Jesus Christ must get all the glory. How, do you, how does he get all the glory? By you and I turning millions of people to Jesus Christ. Second Chronicles chapter 7 says this, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Church family, every time you turn on the TV, someone else is offended. Mark chapter 6 says, if you become offended, you stop the miraculous power of God. And I would just say to you in a very loving manner, stop being offended. And walk in the truth of who you are as a son or a daughter of God, a royal priesthood. Be a house of prayer. Don't allow this plague to overwhelm you. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. So let's believe for miracles. We have the power of the blood of Jesus and we are the priests of God and we are not helpless, so apply the blood and pray. Now this is not the end. It is the beginning of the end where the Holy Spirit is poured out. Now quickly, I'm going to give you the second and the third statement. Here's the second statement. You are not alone. David said this in Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The reason you are not afraid is because you know God is with you. You're not alone. Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Psychologists are saying how many will be damaged because of the stress. Absolutely, unless they plead the blood of Jesus Christ and they walk in the power of God. David said in Psalm 16, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be moved. Fear, doubt, depression, all of that has no power over you when you set the Lord before you, when you set his word before you. Fear, listen closely to this, fear is reality minus God. Fear is reality minus God. You feel it, you see it, you're experiencing it, but God's not there, so you're going to be fearful. 
Faith is reality. It's there. The plague is there. Stuff is going on. Chaos is there. But you add God to it, you won't be fearful. David saw everything through a God filter. When I talk to you about being offended, stop seeing things the way man's telling you. And see it through the filter of God's eyes. Is there racism in the world? Yes. Is there evil in the world? Yes. Is all that in the world? Yes. But there are many things that are told to you that if you see it through the filter of God's eyes, you will see it differently. You will be one that will help and not hurt. You will be one that will bring a blessing. You will be the one that will bring comfort to people and not pain to people. That's what God's called you to be. See, the problems we are dealing with today are overwhelming, but we must see it through God. It's time for us to stop telling God how big our mountains are and start telling the mountains how big our God is. He is what? He is a person. He relates to you. He loves you. He's personable. He is good. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He is justice. He is mercy. He is sovereign. He is a holy God. He is grace. And next week, we're going to continue on grace. COVID-19 is nothing compared to our God. Nothing. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 says this, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You pray, peace manifests. Let me say it again. I'll use the right hand first. You pray, peace manifests. Here's the third statement. To bring you comfort. This is not our home. This is not our home. Luke 17, Jesus said regarding Lot's wife, the pillar of salt. The angel said, get out of this place so that I can judge Sodom and Gomorrah. She turned around, and the reason why she turned around was not just to see what was happening. She turned around and looked back with reflection because the world was more important to her than God was. She became a pillar of salt. The world will be judged. And I don't take comfort in that. That's why I say we need to get millions and millions of people saved. See, this is a wonderful reminder with all the suffering, this is not our home. We must reimagine our lives, getting our priorities in line with what God says. Next week, we'll be giving you some very important announcements. It's going to be so exciting. There are many people that have worked so hard to put all this together. You're going to see it. We're going to see our young men 
our young ladies, our elderly men and women. We're going to see the whole church walking in such an anointing of the Holy Spirit because we are now. Remember 1948? The season of sorrows began and Israel was being blessed and blessed and blessed. When we moved our places of the United States of America into Jerusalem, that's when the anointing and the power of God began to just pour all over the United States. And we saw it before the pandemic. We saw it in every area before the pandemic. We saw every, every groups of people being blessed and, and the Holy Spirit pouring out on churches. People were going, they were used to be talking about people were leaving churches and now they were saying people are just going to church in droves. Because the Holy Spirit was being poured out. Guess what? It hasn't stopped. The difference is you and I are going to be the church that begins to pray in such an earnest way. And we're going to reimagine our lives. We're going to get our priorities in line with what God is saying. And because of that, we will see all that God has promised in our lives. Remember, this is the beginning of the end. Remember, you are not alone in this. And last but not least, this is not our home. I'm going to reprioritize my life and serve my God. I will choose for myself to be everything God's called me to be. Whatever he says, I'm going to do it. I love you. I just, I am so proud of you. Everything you've done during this season, I've watched you. So many people have, have given to those in need. Bless you for being the men and the women that God's called you to be. Let's gather next week and let's rejoice in this new season. Let's rejoice in this end season of the blessings of the Holy Spirit, let's line up and let's shoot for the stars in what God has called us to accomplish. God bless you.